0: You're listening to Trickle Down Theories, where football knowledge is power. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, here's Eric Trickle. Good
1: morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Trickle Down Theories Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Trickle. On Triple Down Theories, we talk about all things NFL, draft, team needs, rosters, signings, trades, anything and everything you could think of. And we do have a, a bit of a focus on the Denver Broncos, as I am an analyst with mylihuddle.com. Today, I'm being joined by my colleague at mylihuddle.com, Nick Kendall. Nick, how's it going?
0: Hey, it's going pretty well. Can't complain the I mean, I guess the Broncos lost yesterday, but they played there was I thought there were some positives in the game, you know the chiefs are a great team, and it stinks to be that close and lose the game, but I thought it would be not as close as it was, so can't complain and we're talking about one of my favorite things in the world today, which is the n f l draft
1: yes, as next spoiled, we will be talking about the n f l draft and I do have to agree with you real quickly about the Denver Broncos is that they showed a lot of promise from last night's game well against the game against Chiefs, which was last night for us at the time of this recording. I mean, I thought for sure they were going to get blown out. Even though they're at home, that Chiefs' offense was soaring high and they kept them to under 30 points. Just a couple failed executed plays, and if they turned that around, they would have walked out with the win on this one. So let's get jumping into the draft stuff. That's what you're here for. And over the first few weeks, we've been able to identify a few issues with this Broncos team. Although the game against the Chiefs did kind of ease up a little bit, but there's definitely still concerns in these areas, especially with the future of them. Before we really dive into that, I want to holler at you guys about Audible. Now, Audible's great. I use it. You guys, it's a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook at www.audibletrial.com huddle up. As I said, it's fantastic. I don't have the time to sit down and read like I love to but I'd have a lot of time doing a lot of film work, doing a lot of writing stuff like that. I'm able to plug headphones into my phone, put a book on and just be able to sit back and relax while I'm doing other work. Or even after a long day's work, I'm able to lay down, listen to a book and relax and eventually fall asleep. Although when I come back to it, I do have the issue of trying to remember where I was at, but still audible is great. Definitely check it out guys. www.audibletrial.com slash huddle up. Now, we're going to be splitting this up into two, even though we're recording it in one session. And first off is we're just going to talk about the offensive side of the ball. Now from the Denver, what we've seen of the Denver Broncos, there is still a bit of an issue that is holding them back on the offensive side of the ball. It's not their offensive line. It's not the receivers. It's not the running backs, but it's Tight the quarterback.
0: End. Tight end. It's not <laughs> quarterback. Yeah, of course
1: they spent big on case Keenum and there was a lot of hope that he would be able to continue on his and build on his success in Minnesota. But that just doesn't seem to be the case. While he is a better quarterback than what Denver had a year ago and Trevor Simeon and Brock Osweiler and even Paxson Lynch, he still isn't a guy who can lead this team into the promised land. There's a lot of issues with his game. And the biggest one is definitely arm strength. Now, when we're looking at the college group of college guys, I know for sure there's a guy who has a pretty strong arm out of Missouri. Now, I have issues with this game, but Nick, let me hear your thoughts about Drew Locke out of Missouri.
0: Well, I think he's got the arm talent that you look for, the baseline arm talent. As far as quarterback goes, you know, last year he did not play in a system that really showed his ability to go through full field progressions, but this season he's playing, I think he's playing better. However, there's still just some technical issues that I have with it. Like he's too happy to throw it off his back foot and sail some throws and sometimes make some bonehead decisions. And I just, you know, I wish he was a little bit better athlete for his size. I don't think he's going to be a guy, who, granted, you know, Pocket passers still rule the league, but I still wish he was a little bit better. But it's mainly the mental processing that's a concern. So I feel like a lot of times his, his throws are pre-snap, a lot of it. You know, as far as the processing after the snap goes, there's a lot of questions there still for me. Uh, but right now I think he's probably a guy who could sneak into the back of the first round just because the demand for quarterback is there and you get that fifth-year option when you take a guy in the first round. But I have a second-round grade on him, and he's pretty far away from my quarterback one.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I have a second round grade on him. But as everybody knows, it's the beginning of October. There's still a lot of college football left to play. He definitely has a chance to really show things that he, that both you and I haven't had a chance to really see yet. And that could potentially move him up the boards. I still have some issues with his mental, mental processing, but he definitely looks a lot better this year than he did last year. Now I know this next guy is one that both you and I like, and that's the Oregon quarterback, Justin Herbert.
0: Yeah, I mean, what a fun quarterback. You got the athleticism. You got the size, you know, listening to interviews with him. He's a very intelligent kid, too. Biology student, which, you know, that's a soft, soft spot in my heart. 4.0 student as well. And he's from Eugene. He played high school in Eugene, was very lightly recruited, and got a chance to go to Oregon and got some games freshman year. And man, his aren't, I mean, he doesn't have the. It's kind of like what you'd want good Josh Allen to be, if that makes sense. You know, as far as the. He's, I don't think he's as athletic as Josh Allen. He doesn't have the howitzer that Josh Allen does, but he makes throws that Josh Allen cannot make on a consistent basis. I mean, as far as the touch, the placement, I, it's kind of like when I'm thinking about it for wide receivers and ball placement, I kind of think of it almost like a strike zone in baseball where you have like you know the middle of the plate, top corner, everything like that, and he throws these balls to like the corner of the plate just out of reach of defenders, and I'm talking outside the numbers. 20 yards down the field. I mean, it's just, it's really special to see some of the velocity and the touch on his throws. And then he has some weight on his throws as well. You know, it's not only that it's the speed and the accuracy, but the trajectory of the ball as well. You know, it's kind of like, I told you the other day, it's like the movie wanted the assassin movie. I think it's got Morgan Freeman in it. And those guys like bend the bullets. Sometimes Herbert's throws, especially these last two weeks can just, you know, phenomenal stuff that I haven't seen in Denver as far as an arm talent throw since gosh, Jay Cutler days. I mean, Peyton Manning was great, but when he came to Denver, let's, not, let's be real, he didn't have the, the arm talent that what Herbert has right now. I guess when Paxton Lynch came in against Tampa Bay, he had a couple good throws. But other than that, we have not seen throws like this in Denver in quite some time. So, yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's not – there's still some questions about him. You know, Would I take him over all the quarterbacks from last season? Not at this point. If, if the baseline going forward the rest of the season is what is in the last two weeks, then honestly I might argue it because the last two games against Stanford and Cal have been unbelievable – but he's a little higher variance right now. And there's questions about his ability under pressure. If he can keep his platform in sync when there's, when the, his footwork or when his feet get a little bit muddy, cause there's guys at his feet and then uh, full field progressions as well. is a question for him. And I mean, he's not playing under center at Oregon. It's not like your, your dad's Oregon team with chip Kelly, where it's the bubble screen after bubble screen. I mean, he's making down the field progression throws and having to play through, uh, lay throws down outside the hash marks that are NFL caliber consistently, but It's still, you know, it's still not a full pro style offense.
1: Yeah, I can't find a single comparison for him because I see a little bit of this quarterback's game in him. I see a little bit of this guy's, I see a little bit of this guy's. There's not one good quarterback to really outline his whole game.
0: Yeah, I'm having a hard time.
1: His precision, sometimes he's like, Josh Rosen was one of the most precise throwers that I've seen in a long time. And Justin Herbert can match him. Not as consistent as Rosen was, but he can do that. He's got more arm talent. The issues under pressure. Josh Rosen had those issues as well, Mm -hmm. but I like him a lot and talking about where he would be last year. He wouldn't be in my top two, but he would probably be my number three or number four quarterback right around there with Sam Darnold. I really like the kid. I like what I've seen of him. I definitely want to see more from him. I, I, as you said, full field progressions. I definitely want to see that a bit more. And I want to see him clean up his technique in general when he gets under pressure,
0: but there's a lot to
1: like about this kid. And i he's one that I think that he has a bright future in the NFL,
0: yeah, and I think he's super intelligent and competitive and a hard worker as well. I mean, just reading about the kid the for quarterback's it's a little different, you know you have, at least for our end, you got to really actually go into the personalities and work ethic and stuff. and it seems like this kid's got it. So, and he's growing into the leadership role as well. So I'm, I'm really excited about him for me. It's kind of like if you took the athleticism and the size of Carson Wentz and then put it in Jared Goff's downfield throwing ability, like I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with the comparison as well, but that's, that's something that's kind of stuck with me. He doesn't, I mean, you put him in a West coast, kind of like a Kyle Shanahan offense, where you're using that athleticism and the big arm and then working multiple levels of the field with his progression reads, he could be freaking dangerous. So I'm a big fan, and I'm ready to risk it all. You know that's that's my guy right now. So we'll see. But if if, like I said last year, you know the quarterbacks. There's a lot to choose from last year. This year, uh, definitely not as much. Right now, it's pretty much Herbert and the field for me.
1: I agree. And continuing on quarterbacks, because it's not that this year's class is bad, so to speak. It's just not quite as good as last year's last year there was a bunch of debates about who was the number one guy between baker mayfield josh rosen and sam darnold even some fans thought that josh allen was the number one guy and then you had lamar jackson it's nowhere near as top heavy but when you're wanting to find a late first to third round quarterback i think that this year's class is a little bit stronger in those regards because you've got guys like Dwayne haskins from ohio state nate Stanley. Brian Lewerke from Michigan State, and, I mean, Drew Locke can be thrown in that group. Just, there's so many names that can kind of fit into that category. You have the guy from Duke, depending on how that shoulder's It He was a guy that was getting a lot of hype. The Colorado quarterback, Stephen Montez, he's a name that has become quite popular in NFL circles from people I've talked with. I don't see it so much with him, but I think that this year's class, as I said, isn't as as top-heavy I think that it's a little bit that low second tier to third tier type quarterbacks. I think it's a little bit stronger this year in that area than in last year.
0: Yeah. My biggest concern with a lot of those names that you listed, I think a lot of them based on how they played this year might return. I mean, from everything yeah. living in Iowa city, it sounds like Nate Stanley is going to return. Um, another guy that you mentioned red shirt, Jr. Brian Lewerke it sounds like he m- might be leaning towards returning. Dwayne Haskins, a redshirt sophomore. I mean, gosh, who knows on that case, but he might return. So it's really going to depend on who comes out and who doesn't come out. And given that this class doesn't really have somebody competing with Herbert, at least in my opinion, apparently there's a pretty strong lock contingency. I don't think they're in the same same ballpark, personally. But it's outside of Herbert. There's there's a lot of questions for guys competing with him. So it'll really depend. I mean, there's I mean, what are we? A third of the way through the college season. If that, so a lot a lot will change from now and then. But it definitely does not have the the plethora of quality options at the top that last year's class had.
1: Yeah. And one thing that you have to look at too, with all these guys who have the chance to return, I mean, we talked about a couple of them, but you also have Jared Stidham, who can return Shea Patterson, as you said, Nate Stanley, Tyree Jackson. He's another guy that has quite a bit of fans around the NFL. KJ. Yeah. He's another one is they got to look at this 2020 class. Mm-hmm. Now, this 2020 class looks great. Yeah. Granted, there's still a lot of time between now and then. But that's what one thing these players want to do. If these guys who have a chance to go in that first round know that a year from now they won't be, unless they like have a great year because of how strong the class is that they definitely have to shine, they probably do. I think that a lot of these guys do end up coming down. I do think that Nate Stanley ends up returning. I think Dwayne Haskins ends up returning But a lot of these other names, I think they end up coming out. Now, before we get out of quarterbacks, there's just a couple other guys that I want to get your opinions on. First one is, if I remember right, you were actually a fan of him before he decided to return this last year, and that is Will Greer from West Virginia.
0: Will Greer to me is an an interesting day-two quarterback. But again, going into some of the personality stuff with quarterbacks, because that's more important than the other positions, apparently he's got a pretty high-maintenance background and family. Which might deter some people. I mean, it sounded like it might have deterred some people from Rosen. So we'll see about that. And also, I just feel like he's super erratic, would be the word I'd use. I mean, his decision making, sometimes his ball placement. I mean, the highlights, the highlights are beautiful. Some of those downfield throws that he makes in that wide open West Virginia offense, you know, that's, that's what you want for a highlight film. But I feel like the consistency stuff, and especially when it comes to decision making, is just not there. And he's got a fair amount of solid weapons, you know, maybe not a true. NFL wide receiver one type, but he's got plenty of options. And going up against the Big Twelve, he's going to put up big numbers. And also, he's going to be older, which there's a pretty uh, strong statistical linkage between age of quarterbacks drafted and whether or not they go on to be successful. So, I would I would be interested in him day two, but definitely not round one. I see when I talk about quarterbacks on Twitter or anything, you know, I'll mention Herbert, Locke, and Haskins, and maybe like Daniel Jones or Tyree Jackson is somebody that we didn't bring up. I mean, those guys that all interest me more or equal to Will Greer just because of some of those factors that come into play with him.
1: Yeah, as you said, he, he can make those highlight throws, but he just lacks the consistency. And the last guy, this is a guy that I know when you, Carl, and I were doing those draft pods, we talked about him quite a bit. It ended up becoming a joke because I can never type his name right, but Ryan Finley.
0: Yeah, he's uh looks like he's going to be an okay NFL backup. I just don't know if he's got the NFL touch, and if anything, he's... Regressed this year, not playing complimentary football with that amazing NC state line that they had last year. So I feel like he's actually hurting Kelvin Harmon's draft stock. Cause he's just not playing great. And another guy who's older as well. I think he's going to be 24 or 25 when he comes out. So that hurts him. That's, that's a knock but for, if there's any position that age is probably an issue. Quarterbacks got to be up there for being pretty high. They do have a longer career, but it's just that progression of those guys. So yeah, if, if I mean, if the Broncos need a quarterback that they want to be a oh, potential backup, round 4 that's probably the range I'm looking to get him but I I really don't love going quarterback unless you're going round 1 or taking a super flyer day 3
1: now last two names cuz I wanted to talk about them they just kind of fell to the back of my mind Brett Ripian and Easton Stick
0: yeah so Brett Ripian solid quarterback I'm not really a big fan of him. I feel like he's got the... To me, he has the same fatal flaw as Case Keenum, where he just does not have that baseline arm talent. And if you put him on a West Coast offense, I feel like maybe you can get the best out of him as far as his placement and his timing. But it's he's really going to be limited into what type of offense he can play at the next level. And I think that just lowers his value a fair amount and makes him pretty team-specific. And as far as Easton Stick... I have watched a little bit of him. He is interesting, but he's a guy that I haven't put in too much time yet, so I don't want to speak too much on him.
1: He's definitely one that I'm aware of, though. Yeah, I've only watched a little bit of Stick, but what I've seen has been intriguing. I definitely want to see more, but North Dakota State, it's not always easy to get tape of them.
0: Yeah. Yep. Wait for the college playoffs that they have. That's a way to do it with uh, Division Two.
1: Yeah. Now, we still have a few other positions we're going to talk about. Even though they're not as needed, we are going to spend a little bit of time on wide receiver and running back. But before I do that, I just got to tell you guys that Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at My Bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parley. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on playoff baseball, hockey, primetime fights, and more. But My Bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in business for years and they've got great online reviews and their mobile site is really easy to use. If you're on the sidelines, now is the time to get in the game. My bookie will still match your first deposit dollar for dollar, but you got to join now because they'll be pulling that offer. Log on to my bookie right now and double your money. Use promo code Theories1, theories, one T H E O R I E S and the number one, and you'll get your first deposit match to 100%. That's promo code theories, one you guys play you win, you get paid now. Just to briefly go over a couple other positions that aren't super needs for it, but we have running back, definitely I think some of the guys at the top, Damian Harris out of Alabama, David Montgomery from Iowa State, and there's definitely a few other guys. What are your thoughts on this upcoming running back class?
0: Well, it's definitely disappointing compared to the running back class that has come both the past two seasons and the one coming up in 2020. I mean, I think that there probably won't be a guy that goes round one this year, at least right now. I I don't believe in taking running backs round one period. But it's just, this class is not great. I mean, I got to see David Montgomery live and he couldn't really do much of anything. I mean, he's a talented guy, but I don't think he has those overall explosive traits that you need for a guy that's going to be a first round pick. Damian Harris, same thing. Solid player, has a chance to be a number one, but round one, I mean, you got to be pretty special as a running back to go round one. I do like some of the traits that I've seen from Miles Sanders at Penn State, who's filling in for Saquon Barkley, but I mean, (laughs) coming in for Saquon Barkley, it's obvious to see the difference in the talent. Granted, Barkley went number two overall, just a totally explosive player. And then I also really do like the play of Benny Snell. He's kind of more of that fireball, a little shorter, but man, he runs tough and that Kentucky team's fun to watch him play So it's a solid class, but I'm it's a class that, as you know, Bronco analysts, something that we probably don't really need to look into too much, given that the Broncos have Freeman and Lindsay, and you can probably just pluck a guy off the street to be that running back three or four come next season.
1: Yeah, I think if they want to look at finding somebody who can complement their skill set and kind of replace Booker, they're going to be basically looking for a guy who can come in and be a blocker and a receiver out of the backfield because that's what they really want. But as you said, it's not as good of a class this year. There's still some talent in it. I like Mike Weber a little bit. I like what I've seen of Karan Higdon, Bryce Love. He's definitely a name to keep an eye on. There's definitely talent in this running back class. It's just it's just not as top heavy. It's kind of like the quarterbacks, like we were talking about. It's not as top heavy as it has been in the last few years. There's no there's no argument about who the number one guy is like there was last year, with a lot of people thinking that Darius Geis was better than Saquon Bark. Both guys were high round, high picks. There's not that same debate. I think that the depth matches with last year just without the top the top heaviness of it and i am really bummed that rodney anderson ended up getting hurt i think that he probably should come back next year simply try to have a good season and reboost his stock back up now another position now another position that the broncos actually might be looking at although I doubt very hard. They just invested two two draft picks in it—a second round and a fourth round pick. They st- will still probably have one of their veterans around. They have a bunch of guys who went undrafted that have looked really sharp for them, and that's wide receiver. Now, this wide receiver class, I think, looks looks great. There's a lot of talent from top to bottom. There's guys that can do all different sorts of things. It's not kind of finding one type of receiver like the last couple of years have kind of been. It's you weren't really trying, you weren't able to find much outside of one style of wide receiver this year. It's a lot more i think that there's a couple guys who can be your number one receiver i think it's filled with number two and number three guys and i just i actually really love the talent that is in this wide receiver class
0: there was the reason at this point well not this point but the reason when we got closer to the draft last year i said the positions that you probably want to wait on until 2019 are defensive tackle and wide receiver, and that's because this wide receiver class looks lit. Gosh, so much talent. I know a lot of people are really big on DK Metcalf an a physical freak at Ole Miss and really talented. I really like what I see from Enkeel Harry as well. The explosive plays from him, I think he's got some Des Bryant to his, to his ability. Deebo Samuel's a lot of fun. DeMarcus Lodge, Stanley Morgan Jr., Hollywood Marcus Brown. I mean, just, there's just so much talent at this, in this wide receiver class, Uh, Colin Johnson, Brian Edwards, just names that are coming to my head right now. So it's, it's a crazy class. And it'd be one of those things where if the Broncos did take one, I know they took Cortland Sutton early last year. and I know they took Deshaun Hamilton mid round and they have hopes for him, but one of those veteran Bronco wide receivers, probably one, maybe both, but probably just one will be gone probably Demarius Thomas if I had to guess. And if the Broncos see a guy they like, at wide receiver, and considering how much this is a three-wide receiver league these days, I wouldn't be against going for that position. But it's got to be a guy that fits the right skill set and can do things. You know, like other names. You know, Riley Ridley is an interesting one. Demarcus Lodge, J.J. Garcia, Whiteside from Stanford has been a guy who's really caught my attention this year. I don't think he's got true number one traits, but could be a really good number two. So, yeah, this is a crazy. This is a really crazy good and deep wide receiver class, and I think there's going to be a lot of jostling between these guys between now and then. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see. 12 of these guys if not maybe even a little bit more become solid nfl contributors
1: yeah i definitely agree this is a this is a wide receiver class where you're going to be finding like second and third round talents in the position in like the fourth and fifth round they're going to fall a couple rounds because of how deep it is just so many names so much talent definitely a lot of guys i like and one thing i do want to say about Nikhil harry is he's being coached by a former Highly thought of NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. That really boosts his value to a lot of teams. They really like the work that he's putting in. I like the fact that he's working with an NFL coach that they're doing they have a lot of NFL type stuff that they want to do so they have he has that kind of experience there a little bit Teams the quarterback, are gonna...
0: quarterback can't really get into the ball of those NFL throws the bull consider is on a state but what can he do
1: yeah but it's the thing is is that even if the quarterback can't get you the ball it's how is the receiver doing in those NFL concepts yeah because I mean granted you're not able to show what you can do after the catch if you're not able to get the ball the ball's not getting to you yeah but the route running shaking defenders I mean that's that you want to look for no matter what but in an nfl style that's definitely something that catches your eye
0: and that was a question coming into the season for him was you know how much is he doing the little things right as far as creating separation as a route runner because there's no doubt he's a freak athlete and he's got crazy good ball control and really strong hands so yeah he's he i think he's my wide receiver number one right now but that can jostle a lot because there's so many talented guys in this class
1: yeah for sure now before we get to tight ends and offensive tackles I want to talk a little bit about the interior offensive line simply Mm -hmm. because that's not a position that the Broncos really need. I mean, if they end up not signing, resigning Matt Paradis, then yeah, they need to find a center. Connor McGovern. He's playing some great football at right guard. Ron Leary. He's playing solid football at right guard at left guard. Maybe at some point they try to find a guy who can replace Ron Leary, not next year, but the year after, but still it's a good class. They just don't really need it. I, I I actually really love the depth of this class because there's there's a lot of talent here. Yeah. I mean, Chris Lindstrom, he's a guy from Boston College that I like a lot. Garrett Broomfield, I like a little bit. Lester Cotton, Ben pa- Ben Powers, Jake Hanson from Oregon, he's a guy that I am intrigued by. Tyler Beads from Wisconsin, no idea oh, how to say it. It's Biads. It sounds like bad a. Yes, yeah, Biads. And you've got Bo Schwale from Wisconsin. Another name I'm not even going to end. Benz Ben the Yep, and then Ross
0: Pearsonbacher.
1: And Ross Pearsonbacher, that was the next one I was getting ready to. All hear. these
0: Germans, man.
1: <laughs> Definitely a lot of names on here that I like. A lot of guys that I'd be intrigued with then forgetting. But it's just a matter of, is the need there? Will they fall to a position that they can really afford to take them? Because their interior offensive line, while there are issues there, it is not the issue.
0: Yeah, it's going to depend a lot on if Leary can stay healthy down the stretch. You know, that's always a question with him. Unfortunately, it always will be going forward. And then what happens with Matt Paradis? You know, either way, I see them probably, if Matt Paradis isn't re-signed, then you got Connor McGovern probably sliding over to center. But this is this is an Oakley class. I really have liked what I've seen from Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. He's an interesting one, and then also another Wisconsin guy. Wisconsin's got three interior offensive linemen that I'm intrigued by. But Michael Dieter is another one. He played left tackle for them last year, and he's playing uh, guard for them now. And he's you know just a monster. He's I mean none of them are fantastic athletes, but if you want to run that power scheme, he's six six, three hundred and twenty five pounds or something like that, and you know if athletic enough to be okay at tackle for Wisconsin, he's definitely going to be an inside going forward. But it's it's a solid class and it's one of those things where I probably don't look to take an interior offensive lineman early unless it's one of those offensive tackles that can kick inside and play guard and then you know you have that flexibility going forward.
1: Yeah, and before we get to the tackles and the tight ends, the last two positions we're gonna talk about, I wanna let you guys holler at you guys about why you guys need to become a VIP subscriber. We don't just pride ourselves on breaking news on the Broncos as it's happening in real time. What we really love to do and what we really pride ourselves in is the all 22 film reviews, the X's and O's, the player breakdowns, that kind of stuff. It's the best on the web when it comes to the Broncos, but it's hidden behind. It's saved for our VIP members. So you guys really got to become a VIP member. All you guys got to do is go to mylinehuddle.com. And on the top of the thing, there's a green banner that says become a VIP member. You guys click on that, choose monthly or annual option, and you'll be locked in. From there, you get access to everything we produce, all articles, all film reviews, all of it. And you get access to our insider forums, which is where we give any kind of insider information that we get. It goes straight to the insider forums. You guys can get it probably before the rest of the world does with some of it. Not all the stuff that we get is breaking news or anything like that. But it's definitely something that is worthwhile. You guys have my word. You won't be disappointed. Just pull the trigger and try it out. Now, this side in class, I know that you're going to babble on and on and on about what's his face from Iowa, but I actually like some of the guys that are in this group outside of him. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I do like Noah fan. I just had to be kind of a smarty about it because Nick's an Iowa fan. And, you know, I just got to talk down about them any chance I get. But I do like the guy from Missouri that I don't even want to try to pronounce his name. Albert something. He's a redshirt sophomore. What a little bit I've seen in Missouri when watching Drew Locke. I actually like this guy. He makes multiple plays a game that really stand out. What about with you?
0: Yeah, I like him a lot as well. And I really like one thing that he has that Noah Fant will never have is the ability to pack on weight and potentially be an effective inline blocker one day. You know, he's definitely not the same level athlete as Noah Fant is. I don't think any of the tight ends in this class are. But that's, I mean, that's okay. If you're looking for an inline guy, he still has a way to go, in my opinion, as a blocker. But at least I think he has the the frame of the potential. I mean, he's playing six five two sixty five. So, and I think his blocking has improved from last season as well. So he's definitely an interesting one. Problem? I mean, I don't see outside of Noah Fan. I'm not taking any of these tight ends round one. Even with Noah Fan, I have a hard time with it just because tight end round one is just it's not really using that rookie contract to your advantage but that's that's a whole different entire argument but yeah i like him he's an interesting player i wish he had more yak ability you know he's one of those guys where he catches it that's probably where he's going down and there's not much he's not pulling one of the jake butt did a couple times the past few weeks where he's you know juking a guy and then picking up an extra six seven yards for a first down i don't really see that with him but still interesting player solid hands i think the brought running ability is there and the blocking potential is there Right now, probably more of a early round three type of guy for me, though.
1: I agree. And then a couple other names: Dawson Knox from Ole Miss, Caleb Wilson UCLA, Caden Smith from Stanford, and I can't think of the guy's name, but he's from Kentucky. I think is what it is. Kentucky or Kansas? I've seen a little bit of him, and I really like what I've. I really like what I've seen. I definitely like the talent in this tight end class, and with Jake Butt hurt again, who knows what's going to happen with Troy from Magali. Jeff Fireman, his status is up in the air after this year. Denver will probably be in the market for a tight end, and this is a this is a solid class to be looking for one.
0: I mean, and I want to give a shout out to a couple more that you didn't say that I haven't really heard many people talk about yet. But uh, watching Alabama, I am impressed with Irv Smith, who was a I not a very highly recruited guy, if I recall, but he looks athletic, and he's I mean he's a little bit raw as a passer, one of those more of those fle- uh, flex kind of guys, those tweeners, but he's. He's an interesting guy, and I'm really excited to watch him going forward more. And then the other one is from Michigan. Again, another Michigan tight end, but this one's been healthy, is Zach Gentry, who is, I believe he's 6'7", 250 pounds, and another guy who doesn't really do a great job as far as yak ability, but he can get up the seam pretty well. And being 6'7", he just towers over guys, and he's not the worst going up and getting it. So, And for a guy that big, normally when you see guys that are 6'7", they look like they got a stick up their butt, cause they're just stiff for being that level kind of athlete or that size. I don't really see that with him. I think he's pretty smooth. He kind of looks like a, a power forward out there. I, do, I Again, I don't really see much too much yak ability and he's going to have to continue to add strength to his frame, but he's, he's really impressed me as well.
1: Yeah. And the guy that I was thinking of was CJ Conrad and from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. There is a guy from Kansas, Marvin Saunders, and I've seen a little bit of him. I'm, I mean, he's a guy that I would be looking at like the fifth or sixth round, maybe from what I've seen yeah. with Saunders. But I really like, Con- like Conrad. He's a guy that, with again, with what I've seen, and it hasn't been a whole lot, I haven't had a chance to really dig deep on tight ends, but he's a guy that I'd be looking at maybe that late third, early fourth round.
0: Yeah, the guy yeah. that I really like that I was on, I feel like, before most people, and that was just because of splash plays against USC last year. I won't even lie, I was watching the Stanford-USC game because that was one of the very few good defenses that Darnold went against. But I really do like Caden Smith. I mean, I know that people last year – I actually I, – who was the tight end that they had last year? Dalton Schultz? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, I asked Dalton Schultz at the Combine about Caden Smith just because he caught my eye so much watching the film. And yeah, I think he was a little bit irritated because, like, dude asked me about me. But he said, you know, that Caden Smith guy, he's he's probably one of the best acrobatic catchers we have on the team. And that's not a question, man. He can go up there. He can get the ball. And as far as – I mean, I don't think he's an incredible athlete. I mean, he's good for the tight end. I don't think he's like you Noah know, Fantz – Ability, but with his size, you know, 6'5, 255, and his wingspan and ability to pluck the ball out of the air, especially when contested catches, I mean, that's something that this Bronco offense hasn't had in a long time. Even, I mean, I haven't even seen that out of Jake Butt really much at Michigan. So he's a really interesting guy. And that body control in the air for a tight end is something that, I mean, it's a big reason that Gasecki went early in the draft. You know, he's a good athlete and he can go make those vertical plays. So interesting guy. I really, I really do like what I see from Caden Smith.
1: Okay. Before we move on, quickly, because we are running a little bit short on time here, give a quick take on Noah Fant. You've talked about him a little bit here and there throughout this, but just Noah Fant.
0: Go. Okay, Noah Fant is a player. He's from Omaha, which is great because he spurned Nebraska, and I always enjoy that. Sorry, Nebraska fans. Actually, I'm not. And he is more of that... Gosh, how do you, a flex, he's a flex tight end, totally. They play him in slot a fair amount, and it's actually been pretty, a little irritating this year watching them use him sometimes, because in run situations, a fair amount of times they'll take him out. They'll sub- substitute him out for a fullback, and if you're asking him to be a lead block on a zone stretch, odds are you're going to get mucked up at the line, because he just, he cannot hold up at the point of attack as a blocker. But when it comes to his ability as a receiver, man, he's got special traits. He's got speed. He's going to be one of the best tested athletes f- from a height, weight, speed perspective at the combine this year. I'm pretty confident in that. And if he can clean up his inconsistency, which he has sometimes with the drops, which he does have. I mean, he makes amazing catches with balls that should be much better thrown by Stanley as a quarterback. But then sometimes he makes those mental errors where you're excuse me where you're like man what the heck is going on so kind of a a Vernon Davis little little level of like man you got to catch that ball so it's there's some up and downs there but as far as a guy who's gonna stress defenses you know kind of like how we saw Travis Kelsey stress the Broncos defense yesterday I mean you have to pay attention to no matter what otherwise it could be a 50 yard play that's no offense so he kind of reminds me of a bigger version of Ingram. I think he's gonna run, test out of the gym, and it's some of the consistency stuff that's still gotta get be there. He's gotta to continue to work as a blocker. He's never gonna be a great blocker. But man, with the way the NFL's going, you see these five wide receiver sets kind of things going to the spread. No offense of mismatch. And I he, most of the time you see these guys, you say that, you know, they're too big for safeties or too fast for linebackers. Well, no offense too fast for a lot of safeties as well. So he he's a mismatch. I don't, again, I don't know if I'd use a early first round pick on him. I've seen some people say, no top 15 talent. Ah, I don't know about tight end. I don't know about using that pick on a tight end. I loved OJ Howard. Even then I was like, eh, maybe not at the end, but so very fun player, great athlete, dynamic, explosive, good person too. You know, that's something that's, <laughs> as being in Iowa city. I get to kind of know about these players a little bit better than I feel like most on the circuit do. So good guy as well, but Man, he's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Iowa have some good tight ends. That's the that's probably that and offensive line. One of the things they're known for. And I also really like Iowa's backup tight end TJ Hawkinson, but he's just a redshirt sophomore, so probably not coming out. But he, I think he's really good too.
1: All right, guys, we still have offensive tackles to get to. We're gonna have to go go over that rather quickly. Sorry about that. But before we finish this off, I just want to remind you, listeners, to please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes, as Stitcher, and we're now on Spotify as well. Don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter, as we wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So please take the time, go to one of those places, write and subscribe, and let your voices be heard on how, what you think of the show. It's so appreciated. As as I said, without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do something that we all love to do. So please just help us spread the word around. Now, Denver might be in the market for offensive tackle. Garrett Bowles has had his ups and downs this year. Jared Valdir, he's struggling with injuries. I mean, already he's... Already left two games, a concussion and now a leg injury back to back. That was a big concern coming in. Plus his age last year, the contract Denver might be in the market for an offensive tackle again. This is the five billionth year in a row that Denver needs an offensive tackle. So they're going to have to find something. They need to find a future there. My best idea or thought process would be to find a left tackle and move Garrett Bulls away from left tackle because. His weaknesses are very easy to exploit when you have when he's covering the back the backside of the quarterback. Whereas if he gets beat in the in front of the quarterback, the quarterback might be able to read it a little bit better and make the proper adjustments. So it'll help out the quarterback, it'll help out the team, maybe trying to find a left tackle, but even still, as I, I hinted at, you need a right tackle. And this year there's actually a pretty good group of guys. Jonah Williams, Dalton Risner, Trey Adams, who got hurt again. And I, if I remember right, I saw something about a medical year where he'll be able to come back next year. David Edwards, Caleb McGarry, Yanni Kajus, Greg Little, bunch of guys this year that really – can come in and be solid starters right away.
0: Yeah, I like this class. I kind of hinted earlier if you're going to take a guy that maybe plays inside, and needs to have that tackle flexibility. And Dalton Reisner from Kansas State's a guy that I see in that regard. It's very not not the best athlete. I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to test and measure at the combine. You know, see if he meets those baseline length measurements. But he's very solid in pass protection, consistent, and I. I montez sweat did get the best of him a few times really good edge rusher for mississippi state when they played but pretty pretty solid good player and he's never going to be physically dominating at the point of attack but you're not going to get a much safer player and then i think guard center tackle i think he does have the potential where he could play any of them so i'm i'm a fan of him i don't know about early round one but you know from 25 onwards if you're taking a 10-year player at offensive line that's that's a value i really think david edwards is a solid player but i think he he's got a false step first off when he plays in pass protection and aj epinesa of the iowa hawkeyes took his lunch money quite a few times when they played so david edwards good right tackle i'm curious about his pass blocking upside jonah williams really solid player i've seen some people saying that he should move to guard i don't really see that in his game right now but i said the same thing about who was it? Connor Williams last year. So we'll see. Although Connor Williams has been struggling with some strength issues at guard, so not surprised. Jonah Williams, though, man, rock solid, good player. Played right tackle for Alabama as a true freshman and played every single season. And I think he's gotten better this year. So interesting, fun guy to watch. And I really do like Yadni Kajus a lot. He's much more raw than the other guys i've listed but man dancing bear length tenacity i think he's got tremendous upside that west virginia left tackle he's honestly my favorite player on that west virginia team You know, a lot of people like david sills wide receiver were obviously thrill greer at quarterback but give me yannicka juice every time and i like bobby evans a lot as well at oklahoma i think he's still putting it together but i like the tools greg little Talented player, but man, he just makes the same mistake over and over again. It seems like he'll Miss. And I'm already concerned about having one not super intelligent tackle that doesn't rely on his technique at tackle. I don't know if you want to have two of those guys.
1: I definitely agree. Definitely would love to sit and talk more about it. But guys, we got to end this. I want to thank you all for listening to Trickle Down Theories. Please leave a like and subscribe. Please follow us on Twitter as well, at Nick Kendall, MHH, and my own, at Eric Trickle. You can always reach me on there with any kind of question, and Nick as well, and we're always more than willing to respond. We love the interaction with you guys, the fans, listeners, and readers of our content. As I said earlier, without your support, we wouldn't be where we are, so we thank you guys for that. Also, please follow at My Huddle for all of our written work from MileEyeHuddle.com and at HuddleUpPod for all the podcasts that come out on our network. Also, make sure you keep an eye out, as I do do Periscope's Every now and then I try to do it at before the game at halftime and after the game, as well as a couple films up during the regular, uh, during the week. So keep an eye out for that. Anyways, I had a great time with you, Nick. I know we're getting ready to just record a second one real quick after this. So I know you'll be on again in the future, but for Nick, I'm your host, Eric Trickle. Thank you guys for listening to Trickle Down Theories and please have a wonderful day.
0: You've been listening to Trickle Down Theories. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at
1: milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.